Well, thanks so much, John, for giving us that time of worship together. Uh, wonderful words. Hallelujah. Jesus has brought the victory for us. I mean, let's live in that reality every day. You know, victory over the sin, victory over the death, victory over the grave. You know, what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. And be able to sing that and declare that. It should bring joy to our lives. It certainly does mine. But we're going we're gonna to come to God's word. I'm excited to bring God's word together to you this morning as well. And we're going to be looking at Jeremiah chapter 18. We're going to go to the potter's house together. But before we come to this passage in Jeremiah 18, I just want to read Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse 18 over us. This was the prayer of Paul that uh, he prayed over the church. And, you know, I just want to read it, but also declare it over us this morning. Verse 18 says this, this that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance of the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according of the working of his mighty power? Paul's prayer, his desire was that the church would know, that their, their hearts would know, that they would be have an understanding, a revelation of the, of the hope of the of the calling upon our lives and the, and the and the knowledge of the resurrection and knowledge of the riches of his glory and the inheritance of the saints that we have you know Paul had that revelation of Jesus he had that that understanding of Jesus and it's no wonder he was praying it for the church that we would know this truth that we would know and understand the riches of his grace we would know the hope of our calling we would know the power of Christ in our lives so, Father, I just want to pray this morning for, for us as a church, Father, for those who are listening in this morning and watching this today. Father, I pray, Lord, that, that, that today we would know, we would, you would give us the understanding, that deep revelation of who you are, the deep revelation of the, the glorious riches, Father, of, of the inheritance, Father. We'd have a revelation of the hope of the calling, Father, upon our life. Lord, take us deeper. Help us to know you more today. Lord, you bring that revelation by your spirit as we unfold your word together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I tell you, God is a good God. He's so for us. You know, he's not against us. I want to take us to Jeremiah chapter 18. It's a tremendous passage here. And some things in this passage I, I hope will encourage us today as we come to God's word. I want to read from verse 1 of chapter 18. So Jeremiah 18, verse 1. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop. And I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me and found the potter working at his wheel. But the jars he, he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message. Oh, Israel, can I not do to you as the potter has done to this clay, as the clay is in the potter's hands? So are you in my hands? God bless his word to us this morning as we just come to it. Now, this passage is a, a Jeremiah. He was, you know, I, I remember reading him just when I was just a, a, a young man and just being so inspired by this man. When God called him, he was just a young man and in his age, and God called him to, to a, a purpose, called him to bring a message to the nation. And he thought he was too young to do it, but nonetheless, he responded to that call. And when God puts that call upon each and every one of our lives, it's so important we respond because we don't know what God's going to do with us, but we can share in that the privilege of knowing Jesus and knowing his purpose, knowing his spirit working through us as we respond to him. Anyway, in this time of, uh, of, of the nation of, of Israel, there were, there were a time where they, they were 
uh, the moral and uh, the spiritual decline was 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 there amongst the nation. They they did not know God as they should know Him. They were uh, walking in a, in a sense away from God. They they knew God outwardly, but in their hearts were far away from God. And Jeremiah kept bringing these messages to encourage them to come back to God with opportunity for show God's compassion to them, and the, and also a warning that they needed to come back to Him. And again, here we have a message from uh, in Jeremiah chapter eighteen, where God calls Jeremiah to the potter's house and I love this verse because it starts off Jeremiah had to leave the confines of where he was at to go somewhere where God could begin to speak to him and show him what he was going to do among the nation and how it is God wants to speak to us in this time that we're in but sometimes we do we need to leave the confounds that we're in we need to leave the environment sometimes that we're in so God can begin to speak to us and this week, and I was, I've been praying, Lord, show me what you're saying to us. Show us, you know, I want to hear your voice more often as we do. want to know God's heart more. And I woke up one morning this week, and this scripture was just pounding away in my mind and in my heart. And uh, I just want to read it to you from Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6. This is what the Lord said to Moses. He said, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. It's time to break camp and move on. And, you know, this was just pounding in my heart. This, and I thought, God, what, what are you saying to us? And, and I just felt God was just beginning to say to us that, that, that there's times in our life where we uh, come to a place where we get so used to an environment. We get comfortable. We get comfortable in our Christian walk. We get comfortable in our relationship with God. We get comfortable in the way that we uh, we do church or we are church or that we be church. We get comfortable in our lifestyle. We get comfortable in the environments around us. And in that place, sometimes that we are not hearing God. And God needs to move us to a position where we can begin to hear him afresh. And I believe that God has taken us out of a position of what we were used to, that we've been in for so long, so we can begin to speak into our lives, into our hearts. And I believe, again, that we mustn't get comfortable and complacent in the time that we're in, in lockdown. You know, many of us may be, you know, get, getting used to this time and enjoying this time. But the Lord is not wanting us to get comfortable in this place, but that we'd move on to continue to hear what God is saying to us and know what he's saying into our hearts and life. You know, I, I just asked you at the beginning of this this, this, this meeting, this message is, you know, is there a camp that you need to break out of in your life? It may be a, a, a camp, you know, that you're just so used to traditions and certain ways of doing things. God wants to do something fresh in you. Is there a, a camp in your life? Maybe you're caught in a, a camp of negativity, of, of, of gossip, of, of criticism. And, and God's saying, I want you to break out of that. I want to speak into your life so I can do something new. Maybe it's a camp of fear. Maybe it's a camp of, of comfort. Maybe of camp of, uh, of, of social activity or busyness, and God's wanted to break you out and take you to a place where He can begin to speak to you and show you something of His goodness, of His nature, of His heart towards you. And so Jeremiah was called to go to the potter's house. And he went to the house, and I love what it says. He said, um, So I did as He told me. So I did as He told me. I wonder if you can say those words when God speaks to you. Can you say, so I did, as he told me. You know what I've learned? One of the things I've learned about being a Christian and in this walk with Jesus, wonderful having a relationship with God. 
But knowing the blessings and the fulfillment of the promises of God come in response to obedience. Obedience often precedes the blessing of God. We want the blessing of God. But God blesses and the, and the conditions of his blessings and promises often come when we obey him. And as I said last week, that obedience isn't out of something that is forced obedience, but an obedience that comes out of a love of a relationship. They want to please him and do what he's asking of us so we can demonstrate our love towards him and to show that we love him. We trust his will. We trust that he knows best for our life. We trust that his words are true. And as we obey him, we can begin to see the blessing of his obedience and his hand upon our lives. So and I encourage you, you know, today, you know, God's speaking to you, you know, whatever that may be, obey him, respond to what he's saying to you, no matter how hard or, or whatever it may be, small or big, obey him in that because he wants to pour out a blessing. He wants to show you things and perhaps he's going to show you something or do something through you and in your life. Obedience proceeds blessing. So he obeyed him. I did what he told me. And I went to the potter's house, he said. And then he saw when he got to the potter's house, he saw the, the potter at the wheel forming this clay jar at the wheel. And we see in this passage that the potter refers to God. The clay refers to, to us, to men, to people. So he sees the potter. And the first thing I see here is that this is a picture of God. This is a picture of God's sovereignty. This is a picture that God is the creator God. This is the God who cares, who shows compassion, the God of intricacy and, and, and care. The God, of, as I said, of sovereignty, that he sees the overarching picture of what's going on. The creator God, the God wants to invest in our lives. The God who cares about each and every single one of us. You begin to see God working at the wheel, the potter working at the wheel. You know, isn't it amazing that God is always working, that he's about something? God is always about something. The spirit of God is about something in our life. He cares for this world. He cares for you. And he's about something. COVID-19 has not uh, scared God off. God is not away somewhere and uh, abandoned the world. But actually, God is very much actively involved in our life. As many people are calling to him for prayer, it's God working behind the scenes. And God is working in people's lives. He's working in the church. He's bringing fresh vision and revelation to people's lives. God is working in the seeds, and you need to know that God is working, wanting to work in your life. He's wanting to mold and shape us and shape the church in this new day that we're living in. He's working, and the picture of the wheel is that the wheel is going round and round, and it's the potter that is controlling the wheel. You know, God is sovereign over the earth. He holds the earth into being. He flings the stars into space. He holds the earth in the stance of nothing. The earth and the world, he calls the sun to rise and the righteous and the unrighteous. God is about something. He's constantly moving and working. He is sovereign. He's controlled. He's overarching over all things. And he's spinning the wheel. You know, and that's like the wheel of life. That's like you and I every day that we go through in life, maybe every every month and every week and every year of our life as it goes round. And God has wanted to be involved in molding and shaping our life and with every tragedy that may come across our life, with every infection, with every sorrow, with every loss, with every grief, with every moment of happiness, with every person that comes into our life. God is wanting to shape us and mold us and use these circumstances and situations that we go through in life to shape us to be the people that he's always wanted us to be and called us to be in life. So as your life goes round and whatever you're facing on, the, on that wheel of life, if you like, then allow God to shape you in this time. 
in this time that we're in, whether you're in lockdown in your house, whether you're, you're busier than you've ever been before, allow God to shape your life because he's about a purpose in your life. One thing about the, 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 the potter is that we'll have to get the clay and uh, to draw the clay out from somewhere. And that clay, when it's brought in, clay is just originally, it's just dirt, isn't it? It's just mud, it's just dust, it's dirt, it's there. And he forms that clay. And, and I love what it says in Psalm 40. It says he, he picked us from the miry clay and he set our feet upon a rock. But God has chosen us. He's picked us for a purpose. And then he pulls out all the twigs and all the dirt from our life. When Jesus Christ came to this world, he came and he died for us and he, he brought cleansing upon our life. You know, it says that we're just clay. I mean, clay is just dirt. I mean, it, it tells the beginning of the Bible, doesn't it? Genesis chapter two, it tells us that God formed man from the dust of the earth and breathed life into his nostrils. So God was created there, but we're just dust. We're just dirt. We're formed out of nothing. And when we go to a funeral, we, we say when we die, dust to dust, ashes to ashes. That's us. That's our maker. But yet God loves us and cares about us. And I heard someone say we're not valued you know we're, we're not loved because we're we're valued you know we're not loved because of who we are but we're we're valued because we're loved and we're loved by God that God sent his son into the world to die for us shows how much he loves us he loves me Adam this bit of dirt he loves me he loves you where you are and God's fashioning and forming this dirt and the dust of the earth and sometimes I think we can think more of ourselves than we ought you know I was just thinking about this and when my eldest daughter uh, was 13 now she was just two years old my wife and I went, sh went shopping we took her out in the buggy went into the shop and we did probably what we shouldn't have done we let her loose from the buggy in the shop and she went over to a, a, a rack in the shop and she picked up this, this sort of like ceramic uh, money bowl uh, it was like a ball shaped and she picked it up we looked at it with it, with it in her hands and she went ball and threw it on the floor expecting it to bounce and it just shattered everywhere Thankfully, the, the staff uh, were very gracious, and I think they saw the funny side of it. But nonetheless, it's a bit like that with our lives. We look at our lives and we think we're, there's more to it than there is. You know, we don't recognize the fragility of life, and we leave things for another day. We think, well, you know, I, I get my life right with God another day. I'm all right. You know, I, I, this virus won't affect my life. Everything's fine. And we see ourselves almost as, you know, as gods in our, in our own eyes, and we and we fight with, with our own lives, but with the fragility of life that we are just dust and dirt, and yet God wants to tend for us and care for us. And we need God in our life. And hopefully with what's going on around us, people are waking up to the realisation that life is fragile and that we do need God, we do need a saviour, that there is more to life than what we live on earth, that we need Jesus, we need God, we need a potter to care for us and tend for us. And that's God. He cares for the clay. He cares for the dirt. He cares for you and I. And he wants to mold us and shape us. And like any artist, God is, a, is an artist. He has a vision in mind. He has the purpose in mind of what he's wanting to form and what he's wanting to create. He has that picture. He knows what he wants you to be and how you should be. Jeremiah heard those words at the beginning of his life, didn't he? You know, when, when God said to him, I knew you in your mother's womb, I, I knit you together. I knew you. I formed you before you even were, were here. I formed you. And that's how it is with you and I. God knew he had a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, I know the plans I have for you. Plans of good, plans of hope, plans to prosper, not to harm you. God's got a plan and a purpose. And God envisions something for your life. He has a vision and a purpose, a perfect plan for each of us. 
It's only when we, we yield our life to him that he can begin to form and shape our lives. And he will begin to form and shape us into the likeness of Jesus. But part of that will be your character, will be who you formed you to be. It'll be your humour. It'll be your, your skills and your giftings. It'll be everything that he knows. And, you know, God knows you more than you know yourself. He knows you more. He knows everything about you. If he formed you, he knows and understands. So we must allow him to shape our lives. And he has a plan for your life and a purpose. So, the, so Jeremiah saw him forming and, and, and creating and, and, and take, carefully taking detail as he pressed his thumbs into the, into the clay as it spun round and round. But then he saw the, 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 the clay pot, all of a sudden it said he saw it as marred and it began to wobble and it was spoiled and it, and it splattered everywhere. And if you remember what it was like when you did pottery class at school, if you do pottery when it's going round and it's, it's all going so well, all of a sudden it just it wobbles and it just goes all over the place and just goes a mess. You know, and our lives can be like that. And it, it wasn't the potter that caused that to happen. It was the condition of the clay. And that's how it is, can be with us when we begin to resist God's working in our life. When we have those hard nature within us that we, we say, God, I don't want you to do that in my life right now. You know, we, we almost say, God, I don't want you to, to shape me into a, a jar. I want to be a bowl or I want to be a teapot. I want to be something else, but not a jar. And we begin to resist God's will over our life. You know, when we resist, you know, God can't begin to form us in the way he wants us to be. He's a way of living, uh, wanting us to, to allow ourselves to yield to him, to his will, to his perfect plan. It means that we need to be teachable. It means that we need to respond to his word. As I said earlier, obey his word. Obey what he instructs from us. Have ears to listen. That we'd yield our lives to him and say, Lord, here I am, wholly available to you. I don't want to be resistant to your will over my life. And maybe some of you and uh, you know some people who are being resistant to God's will, that God's got a plan for them and that they're living for themselves. Uh, They may love Jesus and they may may worship him, may serve him to some degree, but God's got a great plan for their life and and yet resisting because they're thinking they they, they know best for our lives. And we can be like that sometimes. We think we know best for our life. You know, like that 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 bowl or that ball in, in my daughter's hand, that, that ceramic ball, how it is when we place our lives in our own hands, it can cause devastating effects. You know how many people I've spoken to when they've lived for themselves and then their lives become a mess. It's only by the grace and the love of Jesus that he brings restoration and reconciliation and restore and rebuild and make new. When we try and do things in our own strength, when we try and live for ourselves, often we will end up living and, and doing things that we end up regretting and wish we'd never done. But when we place our lives in the master's and the potter's hands, he can care for us and tend us and shape us and lead us and, and do a work in our life that we could not do ourselves. Or when we place our life in somebody else's hands, people will at times, sometimes will let us down. We must place our life in God's hands and make that decision to do so. As the potter formed, let us not be like it says in Romans chapter 9. There is, it says, shall the thing who formed say to him that formed it, why has thou made me like this? You ever do that in your life? You ever say, God, why have you made me like this? Why have you made me this shape? Why have you made me this way? Why have you made me scatty? Why have you made me this way? Instead of thinking of what the Bible says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Can I encourage you? 
you know, thank God that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank God that he's made you to be who you are and begin to allow him to shape what he's made you and called you to be and try and be like somebody else, but be who God has called you to be, but let him shape you with your life. But when we resist him, whether it be for pride, whether it be some besetting sin in our life that we don't want to let go of, whether there's some bitterness in our life, whether there's something that we want to hold on to and when God has wanted to shape and mold it because it's not good for us and we're holding on to that, something we're putting before God, some idol or something that's there and, and God's trying to deal with it in our life. When we resist that, it would just cause us to wobble and collapse. But you know, one of the thing, beautiful things about the potter, about God, is that he did not discard or get rid of that clay. He didn't throw it away. God does not discard us, but he's a God who's second chance. He's a God who doesn't give up. He's a God of hope. There is hope. You know, I've met many people and they, they say, pray for somebody else, but don't pray for me. I've, I've messed up too much and almost like they've given up on themselves, but yet God has not given up. He's waiting while there is life and while there is breath, there is still hope. You can still call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you still can know his salvation. You can still know his care and his, his guidance over your life. I think this is wonderful of God, that this is the nature and the care of God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Maybe you just need to declare that over your life. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, and, and whatever people have said about you, know that God has created you and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And in verse 6, Jeremiah says this, that the last verse there that I, I read, Israel can I not do to you as this potter has done to the clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand. Jeremiah says to the, to the people, he's saying to them, look, God is wanting to shape your life. You know, as the clay didn't have much control over what the potter was doing. But you and I, we have a decision. We do have the choice. And God has given us each the choice to say, here I am, Lord, wholly available. Take my life, Lord. Take my, my possessions, Lord. Take my job, Lord. Take my skills, Lord. Take my home. Take my, 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 my family. Take everything I am, Lord. Everything I have, Lord. It's yours to shape and do as you please. In God's hands, he can do so much more than what we could ever do in our own hands. God knows what he's doing. He knows exactly how to fashion and shape you at the right time to be who he's called you to be. If we want to know the fullness of God, the glory of his riches, the power of his work in our life, then I do believe we need to be those vessels who yield ourselves to him. Jeremiah was calling the people to come back to him. He called them to repent. He called them to, to re return to God. They had an opportunity. They thought, well, we're, we're God's children. Nothing can happen to us. They lived in, 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 a, in, in a place which was which is a lie to themselves. The heart was so far removed from God. And God was longing for them to come and yield their life to him. So God says, can I not be the potter over your life? Will you allow me to shape you? That simply comes to him and saying, God, here I am. It's like coming before his word and saying, God, allow your word to shape my life. And I'll go back to what I said at the beginning about being in that camp and breaking out of that camp. And some of us may be in that camp of busyness. And God can't shape your life if you're too busy to place your life in his hands. We need to give him the time. Some of us, maybe we need to let go of things that we've held on to, held on to for so long. 
And God cannot shape our lives if we're still trying to allow the things around us to shape us. We're in a crucial and very important time in our life, a season in our life that may never come again. But it is an opportunity for you and for me to come before God and say, God, I need to get around your word. I need you to, to be the hammer that shapes my life. You need to knock off those edges. You need to shape me. And if be, Lord, then crush me into that clump again and push out those 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 air pockets and those things that would hinder me from being shaped to you. I want to be teachable and pliable in your hands, oh God. You know, when the potter is forming that, if you can just imagine that, that wheel going around and the clay in the potter's hands, how gently the potter will smooth and care for that. But, you know, the potter leaves the impression of his hand upon that pot. You know, when you're God, you allow God to form your life. He'll leave his impression upon our lives. I think that's amazing. Jesus is the impression upon our lives. So when people look at you, they say, hey, you're God's workmanship. You're God's handiwork. I see God's thumbprint upon you. I see his handiwork on you. And you become a vessel for honour, a vessel for his usage. For glory of God. 2 Corinthians 4, I love this verse. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We just remember earthen vessels. We're just made of the earth. We're just dirt. But we have this treasure, it's a, which is the glory, the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. The power of God and not of ourselves. And you see, when we become vessels that are available for God's use, he will fill us with the glory of the light of Jesus Christ. He'll fill us with the Holy Spirit. And these earthen, these clay vessels that would, could do nothing, all of a sudden they hold something so precious and wonderful. And God will use us to, and call us to not only that we would be shining examples of Jesus, but that we would get the privilege of, of having Jesus and, and identifying with him in our lives. And we're connecting with him in a way that we couldn't do as they did in the in the gospel where Jesus was walked with them. But now he's in our lives, earthen vessels. Will you be clay in the potter's hand? Maybe it's a challenge for you this morning. You know, one thing that I just want to identify this, that that's here is after the clay and the jar was formed, it would be placed on the shelf before it went into the fire or the furnace to be solidified and, and be finished and ready. You know, so I think sometimes that may be a picture of, of us. You know, we need to be placed on the shelf in a place where we can dry and get ourselves ready to go through the fiery furnace. And some of us may uh, see ourselves on the, on the shelf, and that's actually it's a place of rest. But some of us may feel like we've been neglected by God. Maybe we see all this movement that God's been an activity and, and we see the purpose that God's been having in our life. But all of a sudden, there's been a stop to our life. There's been a stillness. And we begin to ask the question, what's the purpose again? Has God forgotten me? But actually, God's not forgotten. You're just in a place of rest. Perhaps you're in that place where God is just wanting you just to draw off his word over your life where you can feed off him, you can meditate upon his word and his truth and what Jesus has done for you, a place where he can, he can, you know, you can absorb all that God is for your life. It's not a place of abandonment where God has said, that's it, I've disowned you. 
but maybe it's a position of rest. And it's important that in that place, that if you're in that place, that you don't carry that attitude well, you know, and put the blame on other people. I'm here because that person hasn't used me or that person isn't recognizing the abilities in my life. No, it's an opportunity for God to begin to pour out his goodness in your life because that time will come. It's a time to, to draw from God because when the right time comes, He'll place you through that furnace and you'll be ready for use. There'll be others of us out there who will be so active and busy for God right now. And some of you feel so, maybe you're so tired and you think, I could just do with that place of rest. And that place of rest will come. And that'll be for those times of those who have been rested. They'll be the ones who then step in and fill the place so others can have that season of rest. And God can begin to do a new thing in your life and in their life too. So after the place of rest, it goes through the fire, the furnace that place of testing, you know, nothing ever happens of God often with, and God does a great work without the time of testing. And indeed, this is a time of testing, a time of trials, a time of difficulty. When Jesus was released into ministry, first he had to spend time in the, in the wilderness. It was a time of testing. Often there'll be a time of difficulty and challenge within our lives. And that time is not a time where God, again, has abandoned it. Actually, God will bring you through to strengthen you and to ready you for what he's about to do in your life. We need to see that, and as it says in Romans chapter 28, that all things work together for good for those who love God and accord according to his purpose. We have to see that whatever is going on in our life right now, that God is part of fashioning and shaping us for whatever he has in store. And for now, for the church at large, I believe that God has made Maybe molded the clay together. He's taken us out of the camp and he's about to do something new and readying new vessels for what the new thing that he's about to do in the nation. And we need to be part of that as the church, ready vessels for him to do that new thing in us in this time. There's not be people who just stay in lockdown, but they say, Lord, I'm ready to break out of camp. I'm ready to be used by you. I'm ready to be molded by you. And ready for that purpose and that call upon my life. So I wanted to encourage you with those words this morning. And, and as we come to this time of communion together, we are going to pray. But I want to just to point out this. As we come to remember Jesus' death on the cross, remember his blood that was shed. This was God who came to earth and dwelt in a fleshly body, became flesh. And as I said, we're just the dirt. So in a sense, hear me right here, but God, in a sense, came to be like us dirt. He isn't. God is magnificent. He's beautiful. So I'm careful how I say that. But Jesus lived in these earthly bodies like you and me. This is the love of God that he stooped down to be with us and to die for us in our place. What great love. There is nobody ever that will ever meet, that will ever love us and care for us like God does. Let us not resist him, but respond to him this morning. So as we come to the communion time that we have together, if you have the bread, let's remember that Jesus, he went through the potter's wheel, if you like. It says he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. It says, you know, that he placed his life in the Father. He only did what the Father asked him to do. He showed utter obedience to the Father. He went through the place of resting. He went through the place of the furnace. He went through the potter's wheel. He went through it all for us. And he wants us to follow him in that journey. 
and he wants the best for your life and for mine. So, Father, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. Lord, wherever we may be in our homes, I pray that you join us together, Father. Lord, with your word and with your will. Lord, that we would yield our lives to you as you yielded your life to us and gave it as a sacrifice and offering. We thank you, Lord, that you did not remain at the cross, but you rose again and your life today is still working and interceding on our behalf. And Father, we want to thank you this morning that your blood has not lost its power. Lord, that your brokenness, Father, you broke for us. Lord, that we want to be broken with you, want to be molded with you and shaped with you, that we may live in the fullness of your power. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.